Good morning, beloved. Okay, so our topic today, we are um, we're catching on uh, from where Priya left off the last time. Righteousness by faith, apart from your works. Okay, before we start, can we all say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it together. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Again, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, amen. Okay. So um, I'll just recap uh, about the redemption plan. Okay. So that you will understand as we move forward. Now, before the foundations of the world, Father God, our Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit had a conference saying that, let us make man in our image. Okay? Now, God made man in his image covered with glory, honor, given dominion and authority in this world. So when he was put, he was the last thing that God created because he's, um, he created the stars, the moons, the seas, the creatures, and then he created man and sat down. Now, when man came into the garden, it was a finished work. Everything was done for him. He was moving with glory, honor, dominion. So he had dominion over all creatures, all creations of this world. That was the dominion that was given to him. Now, when God brought forth the creatures of this world, what Adam named, so it was. What Adam said, so it was. That was the dominion that Adam was in the garden. And in the garden, there were trees. God had placed lots of trees, which was, and God called them all good. It was good for God, right? All good. And he told Adam not to, you can partake of any tree, but don't partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what happened? Adam, um, they fell for the lie by the serpent or the enemy, and they partook of that tree of good and evil. Now, when that happened, glory fell. So when God made all creation, he did not give a cover. They all came with their uh, natural cover. The animals don't need clothing, okay? Adam and Eve also, because they were uh, they were uh, covered with the glory of God, did not need clothing. But when, when Adam fell, that glory left. All of a sudden, okay, he realized he was naked. Consciousness of lack. Something is lacking. In the Greek, it says, nakedness before the fall was wholeness. Nakedness after the fall is lack, complete barrenness, okay? So this is what happened. So Adam uh, committed an offense. Sin came into the world, and with sin came death. God never meant man to die. 
he was supposed to live on and on forever. Okay, but once sin came in, death came in, and gradually man, the body, learned how to die because the spirit died. Okay? Now, when, you, when Adam and Eve took part of the tree of knowledge, conscience, conscience came into the world. Consciousness of sin came into the world. So the whole world went into a karmic cycle. It's called the cycle of uh, cause and effect. That is, you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. So it went into a cycle which led to death. Okay. So this was not the original plan of God. Now, God loves us so much, okay, that he planned for us to be redeemed back to our original position, to become the object of his love again. So he sent Jesus. Jesus paid the price on the cross, shed his blood, redeemed us back to our original position with God. But the problem is that, okay, he, he took on all our sins, our judgment, our punishment, condemnation, um, guilt, okay, and he set us free. But you will see that in the body of Christ till date, we still feel that we need to do something to get right with God. We need to do performance to get right, to get back, to get into fellowship, to get reconciled with God, okay? Nothing can be further from the truth. Okay, so that was the gist of it. Now I'll go into my message. Now first, what is righteousness? So righteousness in the Greek means acquittal. Acquittal from your offense, okay? And also clearance of all our guilt. Now, acquittal, suppose a prisoner, okay? He has gone to prison for a crime, a big massive crime that he did. Now he goes before the judge and the judge says him, you tells him that you are acquitted. That is, your offense has been removed. Okay. Whatever the offense, however big the offense. Now what happens to the prisoner? He goes free, guilt free. So basically, that's what Jesus did for us. So that, that, that's what righteousness means. So because of that, today we are right. God sees us right. God sees us just, and God sees us free of any form of guilt. Okay, another, another terminology I will explain. What is law? What does law mean? Okay, law is also Ten Commandments, but law also means works, works of your flesh. You need to do something. You need to perform your actions, your deeds. Okay, so that, that's what law means. 
And uh, so when we are referring to law, that's what it means in the Bible. And it also means the Ten Commandments. And the faith that they mention, they keep mentioning faith. Paul keeps mentioning faith, faith, faith throughout the New Covenant in all his books. Now, this faith, it's not faith for uh, health. It's not faith for finances. It's faith, the righteousness of faith. You receive the righteousness of God by faith. So that's the faith that it's referring to. Now, a um, lot of religions use the word faith for, uh, a lot of people use religion, uh, faith for religion. But faith here means only what Christ has done. Okay, now. It's okay. Now, uh, the Bible says we are spirit beings. God is spirit and we are spirit. God, God breathes his life, his spirit into Adam. Okay, so his spirit, we are spirit beings. Now, righteousness is in our nature. How is it in our nature? Now, we are born again. What does born again mean? Born again means you are born with the spirit of Jesus Christ, born with the Holy Spirit, born with the spirit of righteousness. So which is the spirit that's indwelling you? The spirit of righteousness. So if that's the spirit that is in you, what are you by nature? Righteous. So you are righteous regardless. Okay? And um, once the Holy Spirit comes in you, you are a new creation. That's what new creation means. Sun means that. New creation. Uh, let us look at John 3, 3, the first, yeah. Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, born with the Holy Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Go down, verse 5. Again, he says that. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus says that you have to be born again. You are a spirit being. You become a spirit being. Now, let's go to Galatians 2.20. Uh, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. Okay? Let's do the identification. Now, Jesus went on the cross. We identify with what Jesus did. Because Jesus did that, we didn't have to go on the cross physically. Okay? So, Jesus went on the cross. We went on the cross. Jesus was buried. We were buried. Jesus rose again. We rose again. Okay? Now, when Jesus died, was, it our, was our action involved in this? Was our works involved in this? No, it wasn't. So it says here, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer 
I who lives, for I who live, but Christ lives in me, through me, in this life. So who is Christ? Christ, your righteousness. He is living this life in you, through you. Okay? And um, then it goes on to say, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died in vain. How did your righteousness come? I just told you. You just believed. Jesus died on the cross. Did you do anything? Was there any law, works, anything involved? No. It was just faith. Okay? And if you said it came through the law, your works, then Christ died in vain. Okay. Now I'm going to do a little comparison. Okay. Do you sin because you are a... No, sorry. Are you a sinner because you sin? Because of your action? Okay, so I, I told you, righteousness is a state of your being. So sinner is also the state of the being. Okay, so we are not sinners because we sin. We were born sinners initially. Before we were redeemed, we were born sinners. I will show it to you. Okay, now let me just read through. Death in Adam and life in Christ. Therefore, just as through one man, that is Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him to, who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, that is, by Adam's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one, one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many and the gift is not like that which came from one of uh, which not like that which came through the one who sinned for judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification i will be explaining now drop down to verse 18 therefore as through one man's offense Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life, righteousness of life. Okay? For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Okay, so these are the two realms or states of being. Okay, 
we started here. Adam. Adam, when he partook of the tree of knowledge, sin came into the world. The offense and offense came into the world, sin came into the world. So because of one offense, the generations that came after Adam were all sinners. It was in their nature. Okay? So it is a state of being. With it, it says here, with sin, death also followed. Condemnation, guilt, and finally death. This was the reality of this realm. Now, what did Jesus do? He came to redeem us. So we are redeemed into the kingdom of the Son of God, right? Now, the one action, the obedience of Jesus was to make you righteous. And all, and because of Jesus' righteousness, all the generations are after Jesus would be righteous. Okay? So righteousness is a state of being. It's your reality. It's where you are living. Christ in you. The righteousness in you. Now, so, when, before you were born again, when you were in sin, or when you were a sinner, you might have done, okay, works, charity, fasting, good works, you know, a lot of things, good things, but did that change your status? You are still a sinner. You can do good, but that doesn't change the fact that you are still a sinner because you can only become righteous through the cross. Now, once you have gone over to the other realm, right? Now, when you fall short, say you got angry, you shouted at someone, you know, some uh, lie, small lie, or big lie, whatever, lie, okay? You lied. Now, does that change your status of righteousness? No. You're still the righteousness of God apart from your works because it was never your work that got you this righteousness. So how can you lose it when you did something wrong? Okay? But that doesn't mean that you will continue living in sin. I'll come to that. Okay? So your status is constant because your redemption is eternal. I'll come to that also. Now, okay. the Bible says these are two prisons. Okay, prison of sin, prison of righteousness. And there is no escape from prison of righteousness. Once you're here, you are here regardless of whatever. Right? Now, there are, there are teachings, there are people saying, okay, in the body of Christ, that when you sin, when you sin, you fall out of fellowship, you lose your salvation, it goes to extreme, okay? And um, so basically what they are saying is, when you did good, I mean, sorry, when you did, yeah, when you did wrong, um, okay, I'll just come back to this, sorry, okay. 
Can we go to uh, 17? We go up to 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, I'll come to this, then I'll explain, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So if you're saying Adam's sins, sins are so powerful that what Jesus did was not enough to keep you in your righteousness. Do you know what you are saying? You're saying that Jesus's blood that was shed was not enough. It's an insult to his perfect act on the cross. It says here, much more. There is no way that you can come out of this righteousness. You have much more blessing here, much more life. You will reign like a king in this reality. Okay? <clears throat> now, I will just go to... Hebrews uh, uh, Jigar. Sorry, Hebrews 10. Sorry, it's Hebrews 10. Okay. Okay. Hebrews 10. Ah, correct, yeah. Uh, you haven't put up the full. Right. Hebrews 10, 1 to 22. Is it? Okay, all right, yeah, okay. Now, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things that can never with the same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then, once, for then would they have not ceased to be offered. For the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. I'll explain. Now drop down to verse 9. Jesus says, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that we will, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily, offering and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Let me explain to you. In the old, before Jesus, okay, uh, the Jewish nation had to, uh, on the day of atonement for their sins, they had to get bulls, goats, pigeons as a sacrifice. Okay, it's a, it's a, sacrifi a sacrificial act. 
to atone them for their sins. But this blood could only cover, cover, not remove, cover their sins for one year. Now, they had to do it again and again and again and again. And there was a reminder of sins because, and if there is a reminder of sins, there is a conscience, a consciousness of sins. So here when you say that for the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins, which means that this blood could not do that. It could only cover their sins. For it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away the sins. So what did Jesus do? He came, he went on the cross, he shed his blood, God's blood for all your sins, not only to put away sins once and for all, but also your consciousness of sins, the condemnation which is in your heart, to put that away once and for all. It was that one action that took away your past, present and future sins because God is outside time and when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, all your sins were future sins. Okay, so every sin, every guilt was put away once and for all. So he says here, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the old covenant and he establishes his new covenant through his blood. And he sits down. Why does he sit down? Because it is finished. There's nothing more for you to do now. You just have to receive. Believe and receive. Uh, verse 16. Same thing. Same. Uh, huh. Okay. Verse 16. I will put my laws... Uh, and then God says that uh, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. And in their minds, I will write them. Then he adds, they are sins. God is saying this about you, about us. Okay? They are sins and they are lawless deeds. I will remember no more because of what his son has done. Okay? Now, now you know that your redemption, your salvation, your righteousness is eternal. Okay, regardless, you are righteous. Regardless of anything, you are righteous. Right? Yeah, you are the righteousness of God. Now, does this mean, yippee, <laughs> we can continue sinning. We can continue living in sin. I'll get to that. <laughs> Okay, John 3, 9. Okay. It says in the Bible, awake to righteousness and sin no more. The more you awaken to your righteousness, okay, to the spirit, the Holy Spirit of righteousness will awaken you to righteousness. You will sin no more. It is not possible for you to continue living in sin. 
living in sin is different from sins of your flesh. Okay, living in sin means you are living in adultery even after knowing Jesus. You are murdering. That is living in sin. Sin. But is that possible? Let us look at John three. Uh, one John three. I'll read from here. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin because God's seed. What seed? Whose seed? God's seed. And this is the seed of righteousness. Okay? His principle of life, the essence of his righteous character, remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin because he's born of God and longs to please him. Very clearly it states. Okay, I will deal with the sins in the flesh later, but this is what living in sin means. Now, I want to go back to uh, Romans 5, 12 again. There is one portion I want to stress on. Okay, now we'll go to verse uh, 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. What is this free gift? For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So what is this gift? And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, Okay, but the free gift which came to many through many offenses resulted in justification, righteousness of life. That is the free gift. Okay, that's a gift. Now, suppose I have a huge, beautiful Christmas present, beautifully wrapped gift, you know, with the ribbon. I give it to you. What what will you say? What is your response? Any more responses? <laughs> okay. Will you say, no, it's okay. I will buy it. I will earn it. Will you say that? Or will you say, bring it on? <laughs> okay. Uh, you will say, bring it on. So likewise, this gift which was given to you, gifted to you by God, what should you do? Receive it. As you keep receiving it, you will awaken to your righteousness. When you receive, receive this gift of righteousness, God sees you righteous apart from your works. Whether they are good works, bad works, does not matter. God sees you righteous. Okay. Now we'll move on to Colossians 1, 13. Now. All right. 
So it's the same thing which I described just now. It says here, he has delivered us from the power. God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. How? Through, we have redemption through his blood, through the cross. Okay? Was it by your obedience? Was it by your works, your performance? No. But what? By Jesus' obedience on the cross. Okay. Now, uh, Let's, okay, let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, it says here, this is the exchange which happened at the cross. Now, it says here, he, Jesus, became a sin. Sorry. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Okay? God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. Now, was Jesus, did Jesus do anything sinful? It says in the Bible, he knew no sin, he did no sin, in him there is no sin. Okay? So what happened? He took on the imputation of our sins. It was transferred, all our sins, whether it's a sinful nature or uh, sin in the flesh, all of it, it was imputed unto Christ. Likewise, did we do anything righteous? Did we have any righteousness in us before this? No. Likewise, Jesus' righteousness was imputed to us. This is the exchange. So, today you are not righteous by your doing. You are righteous by your believing. You believe what Jesus did and receive that righteousness. Same exchange happened in Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Okay? For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So again, an exchange. You will see an exchange. Curse means all your curses, any form of curse. It was imputed on the body of Christ. He became a curse. He took on all the curses so that we receive all his blessings, his inheritances, his goodness and riches, abundance, all those things came unto us. Was this by your works? No. It's a gift. So what do we do? Receive it. <laughs> okay. Now I want to do, I will ask you a couple of questions now. <laughs> a slight comparison. All right. So today we don't become righteous by our doing. It's not by our act, deeds, performance, works any more than Jesus becomes a sin because of what 
sinful act he does. So he doesn't do it. It was imputed to him. Okay? So we received Jesus' righteousness. Jesus received our sins and curses. Okay. Now, goodness, blessings, I told you, inheritances, abundance, riches, everything that's good, uh, divine health, everything was given to us. Jesus attracted. What was put on him? Punishment, the wrath of God, anger of God, judgment, curses, all those things fell on him. Did he get all this because he deserved it? What's the answer? No. But did he still get it? Yes. Now, the goodness. Did we get these because we deserve it? No. But did we get it? Yes. Did God treat him like a sinner, the worst sinner to alive? Oh, who was alive? Yes? Yes. Did he deserve it? No, but it still happened. Now, does God treat us like the best righteous person alive? Yes. Did we deserve it? What, did we earn it? Did we deserve it? No. God, it was a gift. It's a gift from God. Okay. Now, where are we? So now we have established that righteousness is not from what we do. It's not from our good works. It doesn't leave us because of our bad works. Okay, it's established. The Bible keeps saying that. Throughout the new covenant, you will only read that righteousness of faith. Now, let me sidetrack a little bit. So when the fall happened, like I said, a worldly wisdom came into this world. The worldly wisdom is the law of cause and effect. That is, you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. It's a karmic cycle which we were redeemed from. So, okay, it's also the uh, a law of performance that you have to perform to receive something, perform to. Uh, to get appraisals or praises of people, okay? So it's performance-based. Now, this law of cause and effect also started creeping into the body of Christ, okay? And it says that now in the body of Christ, you there are places where it, they say that you have to fast 40 days, you know, to get right with God or to get a blessing. You have to do charity, you can do all these things. These are all good things. But you do it from a position of already being right. You don't do it to get right. But now the teaching is that you do all this to get right, to get into fellowship, to, uh, to get closer to God. Okay? This is all not, it is not in the knowledge of God. It's, it's dead works. All right? So this has come into the body of Christ. And um, it also says, so let us read the scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.12. It says that we have, now we have received, 
not the spirit of this world, which I just described, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely, freely given to us, okay, by God. And uh, the law, which was given the Ten Commandments, or any form of law was given, the Ten Commandments mainly, to be our tutor, okay? It's actually to bring up the flesh, uh, the sins in us, to make us aware that we require a savior. It's basically to get us to Christ, to come to the end of ourselves and get to Christ. The next verse says, Galatians 3, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Okay, so the law was actually to get you to the end of yourself because you can't keep any of it. Okay, to get you to the end of yourself so that you will be justified. That means now you will say, I give up God. I will receive what you have done for me in faith. Once the faith has come, are we still under the law, the tutor? Are we still to be guided by the law? No, we are supposed to be guided by the Holy Spirit, the truth, the word. Okay, that's how we are supposed to be guided. And we are no longer under the law. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, do you see that although redeemed, although redeemed, that sometimes you have some symptoms of the curse, the curse of the law, okay, in your life, in certain areas of your life. Do you want to know why? Let's read Galatians 3, 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of law to do them. But that one, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. What does this mean? Okay, so now what you do is, Jesus has, uh, you know, Jesus has done a perfect work on the cross, but you say you reject it. You say, it's okay, Jesus, I will get right with my own efforts. Now, when you do that, you have to live by every word of the law. You have to keep it. You break one, you break all. And if you break all, which means if you've broken one, you've broken all, you will come under the curse of the law. So that's why in certain areas of your life, you still see the lingering symptoms of the curse of the law. So it's clearly written, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. We cannot get holy in this flesh. There will be times that we will fall. We, we will have shortcomings. There will be times. But what is our way out? Just believe what Jesus has done, that God's righteousness is because of what he has done, not what I am doing or I need to do. Okay? Beloved is receiving. 
Beloved is alive. Romans 10. Okay, Romans 10. For I bear, wit bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay? Now, this is talking about the Jewish nation. Till date, they are doing this. Okay? They go and they pray at that Western Wall. They keep doing it, keep very sincere. They keep doing it, keep doing it. But it is not according to knowledge. They want to, they are seeking righteousness in their own flesh. They are seeking righteousness. Okay? To establish their own righteousness. Being ignorant that it's already been done. Your Messiah has already come and redeemed the world to himself. Okay? But the same picture is also seen in the body of Christ today. You are ignorant. There are, there are some who are ignorant to the righteousness which was conferred to us by the act of Christ. The righteousness of God by faith. So you seek to do your, you seek to establish your righteousness by doing works. Like I said, good works, that is, but they are dead works. That is, you go to charity, you fast 40 days, you pray long hours, you pray in tongues for long hours. They are all good, but not to get righteous. You do it from a position of righteousness. Okay. Next one, Romans 3.21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Now the righteousness of God which is apart from the law, apart from your works, apart from your performance, the righteousness of faith is revealed. And it is being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is law and prophets here? The Old Testament. Okay? The Old Covenant. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. I will explain. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might, he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Okay, what it means is God is a just God. He does not overlook sins. He has not gone soft on your sins that happen, that keep happening. He has not swept it under the carpet, but he has made one to 
pay the price of it so that you will be justified today. So he's a just God making you justified by, paying, by getting Jesus to pay that penalty, to pay that price on the cross for your behalf, on your behalf. Where is the boasting then? It is excluded by what law? By what law did you get justified? But what works? No, but the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, apart from your works. Okay? Now, faith, like I said, faith is used for faith for finances, faith for healing. So in the body of Christ, it's used for these things, okay? But the most important in this is faith for righteousness. That is the key. Whether it is for your finances, it's for your health, it's for the well-being of the family, for your protection, is faith for righteousness, God's righteousness. Okay, I'll just, we'll go through this. Romans 1, 16, a very important verse. Okay. Here Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jews first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay, let me tell you that this one verse caused a reformation many years back by Martin Luther. He had a revelation of this, that our righteousness is by faith. And that's the power of God. So I'll explain to you. He says that he's not ashamed. Why isn't he ashamed? Because there are people who come and tell you, oh, I did this, so I got this. And you just keep quiet, keep mums, and you don't say that. It is by grace that I got this. It's by the gift of righteousness that I've got all these blessings in life. So he's saying, I'm not ashamed. I will go and proclaim. Okay. Now, the gospel means good news. So you would have seen gospel of Matthew, Luke, Mark. But this is the true gospel, the, the actual gospel, the good news of Christ. Okay, so good news. We'll use the word good news. Good news of Christ. It says, this good news is the power of God to salvation. Now, salvation here not only means saving you from going to hell, that you are going to heaven. No, it means that. But apart from that, in, the, in Greek, it's called soteria, sozo. That is a very rich word. It means healing divine health, prosperity, well-being, protection, all those things. It encompasses all those things. So when this power goes out, you get a transformation in your life. Do you, have you seen our testimonies? 
how they are. There's a message preached here, okay? And then we get your testimonies. Oh, I got healed. I got finances. I've got abundance. My relationships got restored. How did this happen? It's the power of God that transformed. It's the power of God. It's just like how that, uh, that lady with the issue of bleeding, okay, 12 years of bleeding, she just touched the hem of Jesus and the power left and she was healed. Same way, likewise, when the message of righteousness is being preached, there will be a transformation in your lives. There'll be a shift in your lives. That's the power, okay? And it is for everyone who believes, whoever you are. You may be Indian, you may be Chinese, whoever you are, okay? And what is, what is revealed in this that is so powerful? What is revealed? The righteousness of God by faith. That's when you will reign in life. You want to reign in life? Stop your works. Just receive what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Amen? Yeah. Now, I was saying uh, faith for finances and health, etc. Okay? Let us look at this. Matthew 6.31. I can't find my notes. Okay. Chalo, <laughs> okay. All right. So now it says that it starts off, you know, with saying, do not worry about your life. Do not worry what you will eat. Do not worry what you will drink, what you will wear. Okay. And then it goes on to say, it's not there, but it goes on to say that God takes care of lilies and birds so well, so well. Why won't he take care of you, right? Now, but how, how can this happen? Do you seek after prosperity? Do you seek after how to get well or how to get healed? What does the word say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not yours, his righteousness. And all these things shall be added, not subtracted, added unto you. All right. You can go for X number of seminars for any one of these things, you know, prosperity, getting success, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But if your heart is condemned, you have guilt conscience, con consciousness. Can you receive from God? It says you can't receive from God. You have to be perfect, free from that evil conscience to go boldly before the throne of God. So when you've accepted what Jesus has done, all your sins put away, all your condemnation, guilt put away, you will receive what God has for you. All the blessings will get added unto you. So the more you get established in righteousness, you don't have to pursue these things. You don't have to pursue prosperity. Prosperity will pursue you. Health will come. Restoration will come. 
your family well-being protection will come it is all added unto you okay the next is isaiah 54 okay so this god impressed upon me some time ago i'll tell you so all your children shall be taught by the lord and great shall be the peace of your children in righteousness you shall be established so as you're getting established in righteousness that is you know that you know that you know that you are righteous okay that is getting established you will see that you don't have to run after your children they will be taught by the lord not about the lord by the lord their character their well being their education anything related to your children they will be taught by the lord and great shall be the peace what what does peace mean here their mental well being their minds their uh, their wholeness their complete restoration order like what priya said last last week peace means order in their lives okay so this i've experienced very personally because um, i was very strict i'll just share a little i was very strict with my uh, elder son as he's just gone into teenagehood and uh, he was mingling with a group of students whom i wasn't very uh, i didn't approve so uh, i was very strict like iron fist and god said the children of the righteous are taught by the lord that was the impression that i got okay so i decided i will let go and i let go i just gave basic rules you know do this a little bit not not the law just couple of rules simple rules and uh, i saw over a period now it's been one year now so over, over a period of a year those that group of friends left he somehow came into the company of good students then he started on his own own becoming good in his studies he decided he will have his own timetable he'll get up early he will study on his own he doesn't want tuition he will um, he reduces his screen time all this came from within i didn't tell him i did and it didn't work but when god did it how supernaturally that happened and today he's the top in his school and he's somehow always surrounded by the best of the children in this world of the world i'm saying okay and uh, so the company has become good because that was my concern uh, he's a son of god now how will it be when he goes to the world you know how how will the influences affect him but i can see that god has positioned him in such a way that has made him so productive so productive and uh, i really don't worry about him now he does all his things and he's 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 top in his school same way same way uh, my little one i have another one son 3 year old and uh, he just started school and he's just learning how to speak okay i was not worried i was not at all worried but you know how the system of the world is oh he's not talking and <laughs> during open house and uh, so it was 
it was as if the world was trying to give an identity on my son. So I just pushed it off. But uh, uh, my husband said, uh, no, we have to do something about this. Okay, I said, no, let's leave it. He said, no, we have to do something about this. So for his sake, I thought, okay, let me just study a little bit with him, maybe half an hour. I only managed seven days. Uh, he had a holiday, short holiday, my little one. And in that, I managed seven days of little bit of ABC, you know, little basic, basic stuff. By the seventh day, I didn't know he had all this in, my son had all this in him. He was reading a book. He was spelling out, uh, what was the word? Independence. <laughs> that I did not teach. He was taught by the Lord. Okay, so parents, <laughs> yeah, rest. Leave it to the Lord. He will teach your children. You get established in righteousness. That's all you need to do. Okay? It's not something you do, it's something you receive. Okay, now back to Isaiah. Uh, how much time do I have? Another 20 minutes? Okay. So, in righteousness, you shall be established. Okay? So, as you're established in ri righteousness, you will see that oppression, you'll be far from oppression. Fear, fear will just leave you. You'll become bold as a lion. It says in Proverbs, the righteous are bold as lions. You will confront. You will go and, you know, take it down. You don't have to take it down, but you will confront. You will not run away from the situation. Terror, it will not come near you. It says again in Psalms 91, same thing. No evil shall befall you. The same promise. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. Now, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. What weapon? Any weapon. It can be slandering. It can be gossip. It can be a virus. It can be a court case. It can be anything. But no weapon, nothing, can prosper against a righteous person. Person who knows his righteousness is from God, God's righteousness. Okay? And every tongue, so if anyone is gossiping about you, it will not prosper. If anyone is uh, assassinating your character, it will not prosper. Okay? And it says, this is the heritage. It's a promise for all of us. This is our inheritance, okay, of the servants of the Lord. It says, and they are uh, servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen? Yes. Let's... Uh, one hour is done. <laughs> Another five, ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Okay, now let's look at the life of Abraham. This is also related to uh, 
prosperity. But how? I'll just show you. It says in the Bible, okay, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in gold, in silver. Okay, very, very rich. Now, let's look at Galatians 3. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, what did he believe God? It just says that much. But what did he believe God? Next, Romans 4, 5. He believed on a God who justifies the ungodly. His, that faith is accounted for righteousness by faith. All right? And there was a promise for him from God. For the promise that he would be the heir of this world. Heir means what? You receive abundance, riches, inheritances. Okay? That, that's what heir means. Heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through righteousness of the law. Was it through his, uh, his right doings? No. Abraham, you know for a fact that Abraham had his, uh, you know, uh, he did a lot of things. <laughs> he did a lot of things. Okay, he gave up his wife twice. But he was still the heir of the world. Why? Because it was not through righteousness of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So that's what I'm saying. Don't run after prosperity. You seek to establish. You establish. Get established. Don't seek, but get established in righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Okay, how do I cut short? <laughs> okay, let's go, go on to Romans 4, 6. It says here, David, David saw in the future. To, uh, he saw a generation in the future. And he says, just as David also describes, the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from from works. It was not so during the time of David, but he was speaking about us. What did he say? Blessedness, blessed man. Are you a blessed man? Yes. Today you are a blessed man. Right? And it says, verse 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. We keep sinning here and there, but we are so blessed that that sin is not imputed unto us, but it's been exhausted or repaid on the cross. All that you have done has already been paid by Jesus. Okay, so now we'll go on to sins, a little bit more sins in the flesh, okay? Little, I'll just touch a little on sins in the flesh, what it means and what Jesus has done uh, pertaining to that, okay? Now, Romans 6, 9. God wants a perfect conscience. You know that. God, so that is why Jesus went, all condemnation, guilt went on Jesus so that today we are guilt-free, okay? So Romans 6, 9, 6, 9. Ah, okay. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, 
death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died. He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, let's identify again. Identification with Christ. When he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. When he rose, we rose. Okay? So when he died, he, it says here he died to sin once and for all. What sin? Sin, the, okay. So sins, curses, it also means curses. It means judgment. It means punishment. It means condemnation. It means guilt. So he died to all this once and for all. Likewise, you too consider yourselves dead. It's dead. You're not dying. You're dead. It's gone. Okay? Dead to indeed to all these things. Amen? Now, let me take a little on condemnation. What is condemnation? Guilt. Guilt conscious. Okay? So, that's condemnation. We get condemned for every little thing. So, it's not just condemnation because of the nature of sin. It's also the little things that come up in your flesh. Okay? You get angry, you shout, you curse, you say bad words. You know, every little thing, even food. They say all sorts of diets. So when you eat a keto diet, you think, oh, oh, I'm having sugar now. You're condemning yourself, okay? And condemnation is the root cause of all your problems, okay? Condemnation gives disorder. It gives wrong signals to your body. So you get diseases, you get sickness. Condemnation pushes you deeper into sin. Is that how you get out of sin? By condemning yourself? No. You go deeper into it. Deeper into your bondages. And condemnation leads to oppression, to depression. So condemnation is a root cause to a lot or almost all your problems. And with condemnation comes death. Okay? So, so that is what condemnation is. Now, The sin in the flesh, this is something that will, will be removed completely when our body is glorified, okay? When we get a glorified body. Till that time, you will always have some amount of thing coming up every now and then. It doesn't mean it rains over you, but you eventually will subdue it. For example, if you have an addiction to smoking, Okay, and as you awaken to righteousness, righteousness consciousness, it's a gift, you will subdue it. So this law, we operate in the flesh by a law 
call in our members, okay? Call the law of sin and death. But when Jesus came, his Holy Spirit conferred to us the law of life. We took it. We, are you all sleeping? No. <laughs> law of life. Okay, so there are two laws here. Now, let's read Romans 7. For what I am doing, this is Paul saying, it's Paul speaking, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer, no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Okay? So here you can see Paul is distressed. He's saying that, I tell myself, don't covet, but then I want to covet. So if you tell yourself, don't, you are going to do it more. That's what law does. Uh, the strength of sin is the law. Okay? And the sting of sin is death. So if you keep on saying, don't do this, do that, do this, don't do that, what's going to happen? You're going to end up doing it more. That's how addictions never leave. Because you keep saying, uh, you condemn yourself and you become more addicted. So can you imagine what will happen if you're sitting somewhere hearing messages or, yeah, messages that is preaching law? What will happen to you? Series of law. Do this, do that, don't do this, repent, blah, blah, blah. What will happen? Yeah, condemnation and finally you will die. <laughs> Die means death in every area of your life. That's what condemnation does and the law strengthens that. Okay, so that's what uh, Paul is saying. But then he says here, next one, Romans uh, 8. Let's go down to 3. For what the law could not do, that is, you're telling your flesh, stop, stop, stop. But the flesh is saying, no, I will do, do, do. Okay? So what the law could not do, weak as it is through the flesh, God did. How? He sent his own son in the likeness of our flesh, likeness of our sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin. 
so that he can condemn that sin in the flesh okay so even if you have this small thing rising up don't condemn yourself just say i'm the righteousness of god regardless you will subdue it you will overcome it okay and uh, he condemned the sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk anymore according to the flesh but according to the spirit okay so jesus christ has put away your sins not only your sinful nature your sins in the flesh condemnation removed guilt removed you are cleared from all gift uh, guilt once and for all go back up uh, romans 8:1 therefore because of what he did therefore there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death amen so i all uh, this is the truth it's a blessed truth and this truth shall set you free amen okay i have more but we will stop at this today okay now we'll take a tithe spiritual tithe we thank you father that we are sons in your kingdom jesus you are our high priest we give you a tithe of all the truth all the revelation all the life that was received today let's worship him with it father i thank you for this word of righteousness just went forth and will bring upon salvation in the lives of all those who were present and who have heard in jesus name amen